Welcome and thank you for joining us. A blessed and Christ-filled Christmas day and season to you and your family from all of us here at Hatfield Christian Church. Won't you join us as we worship the Lord with some Christmas carols?
You all look so beautiful and radiant, and I know the Lord is enjoying hearing your voices tonight. First Noel, the angel did say, was to certain poor shepherds and fields as they lay in fields where they lay keeping their sheep on a cold winter's night. the little ones can get ready we're going to do another chorus where it's your time to shine so if you can sing as loud as you can as as passionate as you can with your candle mommy daddy granny auntie won't you make sure that they are able to do so without harming themselves or one another or anybody else are you ready kids are you ready kids if you're 12 and under, that's you. Are you ready, kids? Yeah. Yay! Okay. We're gonna sing Noel again. Two more times. Okay, here we go. Beautiful. 
That was so beautiful. Well done. Father, thank you that you came, that we can celebrate Jesus Christ's birth. Thank you that you are with us and that this is indeed good news, glad tidings for the world. I pray now as we turn our attention to your word, that you will uh, apply it to our hearts and our minds in just the way that is needed at this time. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I thought to speak this morning on the topic of Emmanuel. I wonder if you, and I'm sure in many families we've had the discussion around what are we really celebrating at this time? Obviously, there's this vast commercialization of Christmas and, and all those kinds of things. But what are we really celebrating today? Obviously, for the children, you guys are celebrating your gifts, and I hope that you're really enjoying them and being kind to one another still at this time of the day and sharing. And so we do celebrate gifts. We also celebrate the gift that God gave us in the birth of his son, Jesus Christ. Uh, the word Christmas comes originally from the words Christ Mass. There's a little bit of debate around exactly what the Mass refers to, but it's this idea that we celebrate the Christ's mission, a service a day at a time when we specifically celebrate that Jesus Christ has come. And so it is fitting and it is good that we mark the moment when God became man, when Jesus was born as a baby in Bethlehem, and that we celebrate the fact that God came to be one of us, that God came to be with us. We celebrate not only that Jesus lived on earth, that he was with us, but we also celebrate that he is with us today in an ongoing way. And so we remember and celebrate the birth of Jesus today. I'm going to refer to two texts this morning. They're both in the book of Isaiah. We're going to start in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, where God gives a specific promise uh, not only to Israel at that time, to the nation of Judah, but also to us 
today. And so we're going to read Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14. It reads as follows. It says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. This was a promise that comes in a very interesting context. Uh, you might have noticed the verse started with this idea that God himself will give you a sign. So what had happened, uh, this is somewhere around the 720s before Jesus, so about 2,800 years ago, give or take. Uh, the nation of Judah, the southern kingdom of Israel, is in trouble. Uh, the Assyrian armies have invaded the northern kingdom of Israel. They either have or they're just about to sack the capital city of Samaria. The Assyrians were brutal. They were nasty. They were cruel. And basically, the nation of Israel is going to be surrounded. All bets are that the Assyrians are just going to march a little bit further south and destroy the kingdom of Judah. Now, at that time, Judah's king's name was Ahaz, and he was not a good king. He didn't follow God. He didn't walk in the ways of David. He didn't follow the covenant. But God sends the prophet Isaiah to meet King Ahaz. He actually tells Isaiah, take one of your sons, you read this earlier in chapter 7, and go meet Ahaz at the upper pools, at the upper aqueduct. And so perhaps Ahaz was doing an inspection to see if the city had enough water for the expected siege. God sends Isaiah with a promise, a specific message to this unbelieving king. And he says to him, basically this, everything you fear is not going to happen. The Assyrians aren't going to invade you. The, the threats around you aren't going to overcome you. Because what Ahaz had done at this time, instead of choosing to trust God, he'd started trying to develop uh, political alliances with Egypt and some of the other nations to the south. He put his trust in other nations instead of in God. And God comes to him and gives him this promise and then invites him and says, kind of like this, I'm paraphrasing. He says, look, I know you don't follow me. So to prove to you that my words are true, ask me for a sign. God gives this unbelieving king this merciful invitation. He says to him, ask me for a sign. And, and Ahaz goes all religious and he says, no, no, I'm not going to test God and I'm not going to do that. But effectively what he does is he just demonstrates his unwillingness to believe. And then Isaiah says to him, well, since you don't want to believe God, since you don't want to trust God, God himself will give you a sign. One of the, the virgins here, one of the word can also be translated young woman, will conceive, she'll give birth and she'll call the son Emmanuel. And it goes on and it says, and before this boy is beyond a certain age, everything that God has said that the Assyrians won't invade you, the kingdom of Judah won't be overcome. Before this boy is even a couple of years old, everything that God has said won't happen. Now we look back in history and we know that that's exactly what happened. And we read some of those stories in 2 Kings and 2 Chronicles and we read how God miraculously turns the Syrian army away. And so when the nation is under threat, when the nation needs salvation, when the nation needs rescue, God comes and he makes this promise to the king Ahaz. And this, we know from living at our point in history, was a partial fulfillment of everything that God intended with those words that the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and become Emmanuel. We know from Matthew chapter 1 verse 23 that when Jesus is born, God speaks these words. He reminds the world of this promise that Mary giving birth to Jesus is a sign from God and that he will be called Emmanuel. And Matthew adds for us that this means God is with us. The greater fulfillment of this promise is that God himself comes and he himself lives with us and is with us. 
God with us, Emmanuel. God not far away, God not distant, God not uninvolved, God not uncaring, God not saying whatever, God with us. God enters human history in Jesus Christ and he becomes one of us. He enters our reality and lives and deals with, at least in the first century world, the life that they had to deal with there. He lives for us. He teaches. He raises up followers and disciples. And then he would later go to the cross and die and be raised from the dead for us. You see, this is love. This is love that God gave us himself. He gave us the gift of his son when we needed salvation, when we were being overcome by sin and death and despair. As true as it was at the time that Jesus was born is as true as it is today. We are surrounded by sin and death and selfishness. Just like ancient Israel was surrounded by their enemies, we're surrounded by a fallen and failing and fallible world. We're surrounded by systems that don't work. We're surrounded by, currently in South Africa, the pandemic, the fourth wave, disease and sickness is all around us. But our hope is that God entered history, not with pomp, not with ceremony, not in a grandiose way, born in a stable, in humility, in humble circumstances, and then raised to be the king of the world. And so Jesus enters history. He lives in it. He lives in our world. He shapes the world through his teachings and through his followers. And he ends up defining history itself through his life, death, and resurrection. When we needed salvation and rescue, Emmanuel, God, came to be with us. And so Jesus enters history not just as a baby. He enters history with a purpose. Because you see, the baby grew up to become a man. He became a man on a mission, if you will. He enters history with purpose. And we read a bit about that purpose in our second text for this morning, Isaiah chapter 9. We're going to read verse 2 and verse 6 and 7. Isaiah 9 verse 2 says, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. And those living in the land of deep darkness, on those living in a land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. And so as in Jesus' time, as in our time, the world is in darkness. The Apostle John writes in his gospel and he says, the light entered the world. And he deals a lot to the scene that Jesus is the light that entered the world. And so Jesus enters this world and brings light. He brings truth, he brings salvation, and he brings hope. We drop down in chapter 9 of Isaiah 2 verse 6 and 7. And Isaiah picks up this theme again of a child being born, of Emmanuel, of the Messiah who would come. And he says this, For to us a child is born, a son is given, and the government, the government, the rule, the rulership, the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forevermore. So from the birth of Jesus and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. And so similar to Isaiah's day, uh, when uh, Isaiah gave Ahaz that prophecy, the son who will come, the son who is born on whom the rulership of the world will rest, this is accomplished by God's zeal. This is God's working on our behalf. When we needed salvation, when we needed rescue, 
God works and acts in history on our behalf. And so today we celebrate the birth of a baby, but we also celebrate the one who would become the king of the world, the ruler of the universe. God acts decisively in history. And so as we remember and mark the moment of Jesus' birth, we have hope because he came to establish a kingdom. He came to establish a kingdom that will be based on justice, righteousness, and peace. This is our source of hope. And so as we conclude just this Christmas message today, I don't know where you are on this Christmas day. Perhaps you're alone. Perhaps you're with family. Perhaps you're with friends. Perhaps your enemies are circling you like they were circling ancient Judah, like the Assyrian armies of old. Sin, death, despair, sickness, loss of any kind. Perhaps they're around and it just seems around you and it just seems inevitable that they're going to overwhelm you. Won't you hear that today, Emmanuel, God is with you. God is with us. And choose to put your faith not in like Ahaz, not like Ahaz did in, in human alliances. Choose to put your faith, choose to put your trust, choose to put your hope in Emmanuel, that God is with us. You know, this idea that God is with us is not new. This wasn't the first time it was mentioned in Isaiah. In fact, we find it said at least twice in the book of Deuteronomy. We know it was said to Joshua. Interesting, at times when Israel had to go into new spaces, conquer new lands, face opposition. This promise in Deuteronomy, uh, I would like to read it for you. It's, it's summarized quite well in Deuteronomy chapter 31 and verse 8. Deuteronomy 31 verse 8 says, The Lord himself will go before you and be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. I'm going to read it again. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. Hebrews 13 verse 5 repeats this promise of Deuteronomy. So it is a promise for us, the new covenant people of God as well. Emmanuel means that God will never leave you or forsake you. Whatever you're facing, God will be with you either to go through it with you or to deliver you from it, whatever his purpose in the situation is. I know for many, this will be a first Christmas or a second Christmas without a loved one that has perhaps succumbed to the COVID pandemic. And Christmas times are hard because we remember family, even if they've passed on or gone to be with the Lord many years before. Won't you remember this Christmas? Emmanuel, God is with you. But our hope this Christmas is also not just in the comfort of God, but our hope is also that he came to establish a kingdom, that of his rulership and government, there will be no end. There is a kingdom of justice and righteousness that's been established in process on this earth through God's people as they go out and they witness and they live their lives for him. But our hope is that this rulership of Christ will become more and more realized until the day of his return when it will be fully actualized and fully established. And so of his good, righteous, kind, and peaceful rule, there will be no end. That is our Christmas hope. This is our Christmas message to the world as well. And so as you've joined, whether in a watch party with your family, with your friends, I'd like to invite you just somewhere through this Christmas day as you celebrate and enjoy one another and and, and 
experience the joy of your gifts, why don't you also just gather, perhaps around the meal table or somewhere later in the evening, depending how you do your celebration, and just chat with one another and say, what does it mean for us that Emmanuel, that God is with us? How does that play out for us today and in the weeks to come? That God is with us, that God will never leave us nor forsake us. No matter what we're facing, we do not need to be afraid. We do not need to be discouraged. So once you have the chat with your friends, with your family, what does Emmanuel mean for you today as you celebrate? Thank you for joining us today. We trust that God will bless you, that you will know his presence, that you'll experience in a rich and a deeper way the gift of his son, Jesus Christ. I'm going to pray and then we're going to have one more song. Joy to the world because Jesus has brought joy to this world. Let's pray together. Today we pause, Father, and we thank you that Jesus was born. We thank you for the gift, for your love in providing for us when we needed salvation and rescue. When we could not help ourselves, you acted decisively in history on our behalf. And so we also celebrate today that you came to establish a kingdom. The baby became a man. And of his government and of his rule and his peace, there will be no end. We thank you that no matter what we're facing, good or bad, on the heights of our joy and in the depths of our despair, that you will never leave us nor forsake us and that we need not be afraid or discouraged. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing together.
To the wonder of his love, to the world. 